Hey everybody, Strawberry Sequoia here. Today I'm here with Leah Marr of The Weed Blog, and we're gonna talk about cannabis and parenting. Leah is a canna journalist, a legalization activist, a mom, and much more. Leah, thank you for joining me. Absolutely, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So just to start out, um, I think it would be interesting for everyone to learn a bit about your story. So how you got introduced to cannabis, why and how it became an important topic for you as a mother. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess my journey with cannabis started quite a while ago, but as an activist, I do consider myself to be an activist at the core, even though I work in the cannabis industry. And like many other activists, I was sort of thrust into the cannabis movement. It wasn't necessarily a (laughs) willing step that I took in 2009, you know, I had used cannabis before and, you know, used it casually and didn't think much of it. In 2009, in Columbia, Missouri, where my husband and I and our two children were living at the time, on March 9th, 2009, we had a paramilitary style home invasion, much like a SWAT raid happened to us because we were growing medical cannabis in our basement there. My mother-in-law had pancreatic cancer and that's why we had started doing that. And so we were, our house was invaded by three different law enforcement bodies and was, <laughs> I was in the middle of a miscarriage at the time, speaking of parenting, and oh. it was really, I was already in kind of trauma and was really, it had my civil rights violated in a way that I didn't really know happened at the time because we lived in a very new sort of almost cookie cutter looking subdivision where all the houses kind of look the same and all the you know, sidewalks are paved and neither of us had any priors on our record. There was absolutely no evidence of violence around the home. And I knew things like that happened in places where there was, you know, rampant crime happening, but I just had no idea that things like that were happening. And so that experience sort of opened my eyes to the overall drug war and, you know, the space that cannabis prohibition holds in the overall drug war and all of the social injustices and criminal injustices that are sort of intertwined in cannabis prohibition. So at that time, my husband was arrested. I was not. And about three months after the SWAT raid happened, we packed our bags up and moved out here to Portland, Oregon. So that was in June of 2009. And about a year after that, my husband pled guilty to the to the arrest and he was given a five-year probation with um, 15 years hanging over his head during the entire probation but the judge was kind enough to let him serve his probation here in Oregon so since then we've been in Portland Oregon and we now have three children and in about, I guess it was 2013, we had, you know, had a few years here. He had served as probation. We sort of were back on our feet again. And we had watched two legalization measures not pass here in Oregon at the time. And so in 2013, we helped found an organization called New Approach Oregon, which ended up being the organization that Measure 91 was campaigned and drafted out of. And in November 2014, Measure 91 was the campaign that successfully legalized recreational or adult use cannabis here in Oregon. During that campaign was really when I sort of kind of came out of my activist shell, I guess is what we'll say. I founded (laughs) it 
I founded it. It came out of the green closet big time. I um, founded a group called Moms for Yes on Measure 91 during that t- during the campaign and through grassroots efforts alone gained a traction very quickly. And within just a couple months, I had over a thousand people in the group. And um, I did some press conferencing and some public speaking on behalf of the Measure 91 campaign, advocating for legalization as a mother specifically. And I am very lucky and fortunate in that all three of my kids have been healthy. I don't have a story like other mothers do about, you know, using medical cannabis myself or my children using it. But I did have all the other reasons why cannabis should be legal because, you know, it needs to be in a regulated system and not be in the black market where kids can more easily get their hands on it. You know, it needs to be dispensed to people who are showing their IDs. All of those things, you know, the, the tax money needs to be going into schools and, you know, mental health institution types of places. So I think, you know, the one of the articles that was written about me during that time was, here's the marijuana legalization pitch for those who don't actually want to smoke it. <laughs> and it was really, so that was in... Um, you know, November of 2014 when it passed here. And then shortly after that, I helped launch and run the Women Grow chapter here in Portland. It was the largest, fastest growing chapter in the history of that company. I did that for about a year and a half. During that time, I was hired up by one of the very first recreationally licensed cannabis businesses here in Oregon called Yerba Buena Farms and served as their branding and outreach manager and got to watch firsthand sort of legalization rollout here because they were the the first first batch test, the very first sale, all of those first things as, you know, the medical market was changing into a recreational or adult use market here in Oregon. And then in, I guess it was, it's been about two and a half years ago now. So during the time I was working at Yerba Buena, I became one of the owners of the weedblog.com where I now serve as the editorial lead and manage the content and editing and publishing for the website. And in each of those roles that I've played in the industry, my overall goal has been to lift the stigma that surrounds the cannabis conversation and the cannabis plant in general and normalize this conversation just like, you know, we have normalized conversations about other substances in this country and also to ultimately end prohibition on the national level. Nice. I love that story. And I love that you were able to take a really terrible traumatic event, but build it out and make something great out of that. I mean, that's just... That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. One of the things, you know, that I've really learned from that and have learned from other circumstances I've had since then, and I I quote it often, is that life is about 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. So me being where I am, even having this interview right now is part of a giant reaction I had from that event in 2009. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love, that's the perfect quote. And I just think what you're doing is great. I mean, and you're clearly very ambitious as well, which is awesome. You know, I love to see, especially women and mothers doing cool stuff like that. Thank you. Yeah. So the phrase cannabis and parenting, it's sort of a loaded, right? Loaded with a heavy social stigma. So I wanted to ask sort of what that means to you. Why do you think people need to take a more open view on the topic? Sure. And I have so much to say about this. <laughs> but but to answer that question specifically, I think one of the reasons I think it's so important now 
is that as more and more states are legalizing cannabis, it's very important that this is a topic that's addressed and there's so many different angles you can address it from. One of the things I noticed when Measure 91 passed here, even when Measure 91 was still campaigning and we were looking at the polling, you know, that was coming back for, you know, oh, is it going to pass? Is it not going to pass before the actual voting happened? I noticed even then that there were far more conversations happening between parents at the PTA meetings and in the other, you know, on the sideline of the soccer field when I was watching my son play soccer. But after Measure 91 passed, it was like, so it just like opened this can of worms that parents were like, oh my gosh, now we can talk about this with each other, which I think is great. But I think those are conversations that people in prohibition states need to be having as well, because I feel like in a prohibition state, it's probably easier for people that are under the age of 21 to get a hold of cannabis than it is in a legalized state like Oregon, where it's regulated, you know, the same way as alcohol, essentially. So I think that, you know, as more and more states legalize, there's so many more issues that are coming up surrounding this topic of cannabis and parenting. There are several. So for example, parents that are medical patients that are choosing to use cannabis because they don't want to take, you know, prescription pills or opioids or, you know, that they want to be able to, you know, have a, a natural or safer alternative to other things that they might be prescribed for their ailments. That's one really important thing for kids to understand. This is medicine that mom needs because she has MS or whatever the deal it is. It needs to be explained like that. Then you have people who are you know, cannabis industry professionals that are parents who are just like myself, you know, like I am on, I'm the vice chair of my neighborhood prosperity initiative. The last three years, I was the president of the PTA at my kids' schools. I go to soccer games and swim meets and things like that every single week, birthday parties, all those things. I do all of the parent things, but I happen to work in the cannabis industry. So it's important. I want my children to know what I do and to feel proud of what I do, just like someone who works at a real estate firm or, you know, works in retail or whatever the case is. So you have that demographic to, to discuss as well. Then you have parents who don't work in the industry, aren't medical patients, but choose to consume cannabis because that's what they like to do. They prefer it to alcohol. They prefer it for whatever reason, but they see it as a way to unwind, a way to help them sleep, whatever it is, but to respect that choice for them as adults, what they're doing with their body. Then there's that whole topic to be broached, you know, around the subject of parenting and cannabis and how you communicate those kinds of things with your children. So it's really multifaceted as, it, as it, it's coming up. And talking with your children about cannabis, I've found is very different than perhaps talking with them about alcohol or things like that, depending on which of those sort of hats you're in as a parent. If you're a medical patient, you're probably not going to compare your cannabis to alcohol. You know, you're going to compare it to mommy's taking this instead of taking this bottle of pills because it helps me be more present for you as a parent or whatnot. But if you're, you know, and if you're in the industry, maybe you don't even consume cannabis, but you want your kids to know that you're working in an industry that's legal in your state, even if it's not legal in your entire country yet, and they need to understand the difference in legalities and things like that. So I just think that especially with more and more states coming on with, you know, adult use legalization and medical legalization and even just decriminalization ordinances, that it just is becoming more and more important that people who are parents that have some sort of association with the cannabis plant, I think it's more and more important that they're starting to talk with each other and talk with other parents because the only way that we're going to make any headway here and make it so that there is a crystal clear way to 
to talk about this with each other and with our children or educators even is by starting the conversation and at least being able to have that conversation with with each other. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you bring up a really good point with so many places becoming legal and parents are now working in the industry. How do we need to change the way we talk to our kids about the plant? How do you talk to your children? What are what are the words? What's the vocabulary that we're using? Yeah. Absolutely. And obviously this is going to depend, you know, I think that each parent is going to do the best thing for their children. So that being said, my experience and talking with the other mothers who I'm close with, that are having these conversations with their kids. Obviously it's going to depend on the age of your child, you know, just like any other conversation, you're going to talk to a two-year-old very differently about safety than you're going to talk to a 15-year-old about safety. So my children are 13, 11, and seven. And so we have, you know, different ways that we discuss it with all of them. But Primarily, I think the most important thing is that you're giving your kids factual research-based information and you're not just going off of propaganda or conjecture or hearsay because we've been fed those things for decades from our federal government and from public institutions. And now we're in a space where we're having to defend this plant and say, actually, all these things that people have thought about it are really not true or might not be true, but we don't have the research there to back it up yet because it's been prohibited for so long, it's hard for us to get our hands on research. Um, So I think, you know, talking to kids, you know, using, you know, we always use the word cannabis, we use the word consume, we use the word, you know, using very sort of research-based scientific language with them, I think is really important, and giving them facts. And another thing that I think is really important, once kids are old enough to be able to read, or, you know, you're able to have those, like the conversations we were having with our 13-year-old about it, is to not only tell them, like, this is what I know, and this is our experience, but then you can actually show them resources. And I have to say, my my 13-year-old's in eighth grade this year, and Again, I live here in Oregon where we do have adult use cannabis legalized. But in seventh grade, the drug unit that he did, they spent a few days talking about psychedelics, a few days talking about, you know, amphetamines and, you know, sort of had broken the drugs and different things. But they spent the most time talking about cannabis. They spent three whole days of the unit just on cannabis. And I was very forthright with the teacher and just said, hey... I work in the industry. This is a little bit of my background. Our son has been very educated and very, very forthright with him about this information. And I just want you to know that. And I've encouraged him that if he has specific questions for you to wait till after class and not be raising his hand and maybe being like, well, I don't know if that's true kind of thing. And I have to say, I was really, really pleased because he reported back to my partner and I that he felt like most of the things that he had learned in class were things that we had already taught him. So that felt really good. So it makes me feel like hopefully there's a corner being turned there now too in public education and things like that. Now, looking at states where it's still prohibition, I'm sure that we're probably not that far along yet, but we're working on it. But in general, with talking with kids about cannabis, you know, I think it's it's really important, you know, and when they're younger, we talked about, you know, cannabis with them just the same way we would talk with them about alcohol. You know, I mean, you think about yeah. going into someone's house, you very frequently will see a wine rack or even a liquor cabinet that's not locked in a very common area of their house where the kids are around it all the time. It's just there, you know, it's like a piece of furniture. And with alcohol being that normalized sort of in our society, 
just we you know discussing cannabis with them in the same way that we would discuss alcohol with them it's not safe for kids to use just like it's not okay for safe to for you know for kids to drink wine it's not safe for kids to use cannabis and when they're really little and they don't know any better obviously you need to be keeping your cannabis locked up and put away from reach just like you would do with alcohol or guns or bleach or other hazardous cleaners um, prescription pills, anything, you know, I mean, it's, it's your job as a parent to keep your child safe, ultimately. And when they're younger, that might be more because of physical barriers. And as they're older, that's giving them the education to make safe decisions of their own as they're growing up as young people and, you know, giving them resources. We talk to our kids also a lot about human development and brain development so that they're very aware that like the human brain doesn't quit developing until it's 25 years old about and that it's really important that they not put any substances in their body unless it's absolutely necessary until that time, whether it's cannabis or caffeine or alcohol or anything, you know, so we've really tried to come at it from that angle too so that it's not just this black and white thing it's more about how you treat your body as you're growing up and making sure that you keep your own body safe when you get to a certain age and you're making decisions for yourself yeah i mean i honestly wish that someone had had a more candid conversation with me when i was growing up it was just like cannabis is bad don't go near it so we were like we're gonna get find some of that <laughs> but i'm curious about some of the resources that maybe if, if somebody's looking to really have a real conversation with their kids and, and wants this research and information, do you have any trusted sources you could refer us to? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and I think, you know, parents that are looking for sort of resources that are really in like mainstream media, there's enough out there now that you can just Google something like yeah, talking yeah. to your children about cannabis and you're going to get all kinds of, I mean, you're going to have CNN pop up, you're going to have CBS pop up, you're going to have, you know, all kinds of mainstream. But in terms of like really specifically cannabis and parenting types of stuff, obviously I'm going to direct you to the weedblog.com because that's my website and we try to do our best to put as much educational and informational content on there as possible so that you, you can be educated yourself or you can pass this on to other people who are skeptical about it. So of course I'm going to direct you there. I, do, I am familiar with a few other cannabis and parenting platforms. There is a, organi there is a, a company called Tokativity that's the global cannabis community for women, but they do have a mama's arm that's just specifically for women who are mothers or who are thinking about motherhood and for them to be able to discuss, you know, topics that, you know, might be unique to cannabis and parenting that you're not going to come across in your regular mom circles. That's one that I would certainly direct you to, tokativity.com. Um, there's another really great publication that's called Splim and you can find them at splim.com and they are all about pot and parenting. Like that is the primary thing, primary part of their content is about pot and parenting. Another one that I'm involved with that is doing some really incredible work in terms of striving to protect mothers' rights to choose plants over pills is called um, Canamami Nonprofit, and that's canamaminonprofit.org. And they are a nonprofit based in California, and they even have a nurse's line that you can call from anywhere in the United States just to call and talk with a nurse about cannabis in general as a mother. You know, if you're thinking about, if you're a breastfeeding 
breastfeeding mother, if you're pregnant, you know, things like that. So you can just talk to someone who does have a medical degree and you can, you know, get some answers from them. So those are all really, really great ones. But my personal experience is that, you know, you as a parent are the one that is, you know, ultimately responsible for keeping your children safe and for educating your children. So the more you can educate yourself, whether it's, you know, visiting something that's specific to pot and parenting or looking up the research that Dr. Gupta has done for CNN, um, I think that the, the most important thing is that you educate yourself, just like you're going to do if you're going to allow your child to play football. You're going to educate yourself about what's going to happen there. If you're going to, you know, have your child start in a marching band, you're going to research that as well. So, you know, those might be sort of different, but it is really important that you are the parent, that you, the parent, are going to be the one who's educating yourself because as you just said, if you're just going to ignore it or if you're going to give your kid misinformation, they're going to seek out answers themselves, whether that means trying the substance themselves or getting answers from other people who might not know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and thank you for sharing those resources. And it is, it's personal, you know, you, as a parent, as a human being, you have to decide what's right for you. Um, so to take, to go off the tracks a little bit, get a little crazy here, um, a question that is just kind of interesting for me is, in your opinion, do you think using cannabis, even just recreationally, um, can make you a better parent? Yeah, this is, you know, <laughs> it's so funny because, you know, I, if you get onto the, the web, especially, and you start looking at all the mommy blogger websites sites and the mommy blogger Instagram accounts and Facebook pages and how lively they are with conversation. You know, all of these moms or, you know, some of our, them are parents where there's dads talking about it too. If there's so much lively conversation that happens on these, and it's really hard to come across one of those where you don't find a meme or a joke about mommy needs her wine or mommy Mommy needs her coffee or something like that. And me and all my mom friends are like, what's wrong with mommy needs her cannabis or mommy wants, yeah. you know, people, <laughs> right. Because you know, I, I, I don't want to say it makes you a better parent, but I think all parents, you know, once you've made the transition of, in your life of like, you know, first I'm just concerned about myself or I'm concerned about myself and my partner and maybe my pets too. Oh my gosh, I had this, you know, life that is depending me on me for every single, you know, breath that they take type of thing. You know, once you've gone through that transition and you feel that, you know, immense amount of responsibility and care for this being or these beings that you are responsible for, um, I think you go through your own change of like, what is going to help me be a better parent? Is it that I need to be up at 5 a.m. and taking my run every morning so that I'm sane by the time the kids wake up? Is it that, you know, I need to make sure that once a week I get a bubble bath? Is it, you know, that I need to make sure that I continue to go to my book club? You know, what is it? What are the things? So I think all parents sort of find a balance there of like, you know, eventually of like, what, what is it that's going to help me be a better parent, you know? And um, I think that what I've found for me personally, and from talking to lots and lots of other moms and dads about this exact topic, is that they find that cannabis is a nice way for them to kind of, you know, take the edge off, just like, you know, that glass of wine or that bubble bath or that run or whatever it is, you know, the coffee, whatever it is for you that's sort of helping you, like when you're getting to that 11th hour and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my mind kind of thing. I think that, you know, many people have found that cannabis takes the edge off and has far 
less effect on them than if they're going to choose alcohol or if they're going to choose, you know, another, another sort of way to unwind. Um, I think, you know, obviously, you know, many people will say that cannabis is very helpful for them because it helps them with, you know, some kind of chronic pain. It helps them sleep. It helps them with their anxiety. You know, there's a plethora of medical, you know, sorts of conditions that we could come up with or mental health conditions that we could come up with where, you know, I do think cannabis can be helpful when you're in the thick of it as a parent. Um, but as far as, you know, just sort of recreational adult use, I, I just don't see why there continues to be this huge stigma around parents using cannabis when there is no stigma around, you know, mom having too many glasses of wine one night and not feeling so great <laughs> the next day. So she doesn't want to get up and that kind of like, it, it just doesn't seem it's just like, oh yeah, that's par for the course. She kind of had a rough day. It's okay. You know, I just feel yeah. like people kind of fluff that off, you know, and I'm certainly not saying that people who choose to unwind with a glass of wine or have, you know, a couple that there's anything wrong with that at all. You know, I, I like my wine too, don't get me wrong. But um, I just think that it's time for there to be sort of a paradigm shift in the way people view this substance and people who are parents consuming it. And, you know, why why is there still this sort of negative thing associated with it when so many people that I know, and then I'm sure we could, you know, come up with a giant list of, are these amazing, productive parents that work a full-time job and have three kids and, you know, are also involved in all these things that they're volunteering for, and they're also cannabis consumers. And I just think there's time for a paradigm shift, you know, and I, I think yeah. that, um, I, I don't know. I, I just think that um, I don't want to say it makes you a better parent. I have certain, you know, that being said, I've had many parents say those words to me. I don't drink. I consume cannabis and I think it makes me a better parent. Or I like to have my cannabis in the afternoon right at this time of day because then I know I'm going to be able to get through cooking dinner and cleaning everything up and making it to bath time type of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I, just, I just think um, that for for many people, it's such a good option and that there, it really shouldn't be stigmatized and looked down upon in the way that it is. I totally agree. I mean, the reason I ask is because I've had parents tell me the same thing, you know, as they're stressed out and upset and kind of mad at their kids. And then they just, you know, step out and, you know, have a joint or a micro dose. Um, right. And it all of a sudden gives them a gratitude and a, I'm just going to sit down and play with the kids and embrace this. And, so there's a lot of different ways that people use it, but I've heard people, um, parents mention that before. So I love your perspective as well. Yeah. Well, and like you said, I've, I've definitely, you know, I've seen articles written few, certainly not as many about, you know, as mommy needs or wine types of articles, but <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to see a few that do, you know, sort of point out that exactly what you did. Like, I have my cannabis. I'm not as stressed out. I'm like, forget the dishes. I'm going to sit down and play Legos for a little bit. And this is so yeah. fun. Read this book, And it just becomes more enjoyable and just kind of takes the edge off because anyone who has children knows that you can get sort of spun into a little tornado at times and like, <laughs> feel like you're going to freak out. And then because it just can, parenting can be really hard sometimes. So yeah. Um, yeah. Just another tool in your toolkit, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And we just need people to understand that it's not a bad tool. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that it should be, like you said, you know, it can be seen as a tool and I certainly don't want to advocate for, you know, you should be sitting around consuming cannabis to the point where you're not able to take care of your kids or where you're not able yeah. to consider. I mean, I'm sure that happens too. And I think things like that have happened and they get sensationalized in the media, which is what has gotten us to the point that we're at, where people just think like, oh no, you can't be a parent and consume cannabis because then that you're a bad parent. Because look at these people, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, for each of those stories that's been sensationalized in the, myriad, in the media, I would be willing to bet that there are many, many more that are not in the media where you have these amazing successful parents who consume cannabis on the daily, you know? Definitely. Yeah. And I guess I'd be curious as well, you know, if, if parents are out there and they're like, maybe I do want to add this tool to my toolkit, what would some of like the ground rules or best tips be to make that a successful part of parenting and not taking it over the edge or something of that nature? Sure. Well, again, you know, this all comes back to you and being a responsible adult. Like, you know, yeah. you're not gonna, you're not gonna try to overdo it at the bar and then think that you're going to be a conscious parent the next day, you know, or, you know, whatever it is you do. So again, this all comes back to a matter of personal responsibility and doing your own research and things like that and listening to your own body, you know, when it comes to overdoing it. But I think, you know, first you want to be very educated about the legalities of cannabis where you live. I think that's the number one thing. You've got to make sure that you know what's going on legally with cannabis where you live. So that's the first thing. I think the second thing is, you know, if you are, you know, in a legalized state where you are, you're in a medical state and you have a, a medical marijuana card where you are able to go into a dispensary or go to a, a caregiver meetup type of thing and you're able to <clears throat> get cannabis or if you're, you know, in a legalized state or a medical state where you actually have dispensaries and you're able to go into a shop and look at the products, um, I think you know, that's the second step is like, what is going to be the most comfortable for me in my home? Some parents feel really strongly about, you know, they don't want to have any smoke in their home. They don't smoke cigarettes in their home. They don't want to smoke cannabis in their home. So they might be people that are more likely to gravitate towards vape pens or edibles or tinctures or things like that. You know, um, some people really like the combustion of the flower and they think that makes themselves, makes them feel better than perhaps a tincture or an edible would. So then you're at the point of like, where is the best place for me to keep these things? Where is it the best place for me to consume these? You know, do we care if our kids know that we're consuming cannabis? Like that's a whole nother conversation. You know, I, I definitely know parents who are cannabis consumers and talk to their kids about cannabis, but they might, they're not at the point where they're comfortable enough actually consuming it in front of their kids or where their kids know that, you know, that it's kept in the house type of thing because it's still stuck in somebody's underwear drawer or something, you know? <laughs> Um, so it just, I mean, it really depends on your life and where you're at, but you know, I think it all goes back to making responsible informed decisions and listening to your body when it comes to actually consuming it. If you're not a cannabis consumer and this is something that you're wanting to try, I would definitely make sure that your children are asleep or maybe spending the night at grandma and grandpa's or, you know, away at a, a long play date or something like that before you just try it out. You know, I mean, definitely get to a space where you know your body, you know, you have things dialed 
in in that way before you're actually going to allow yourself to consume cannabis and parent at the same time. And and some parents who are cannabis consumers still don't like to do that. They prefer to, you know, keep themselves, you know, cannabis, you know, consumption free during the day. They wait till the kids are in bed and that's when they like to sit down and have their little dab sesh or whatever, you know. Um, so it's it really comes back to a matter of personal preference and really educating yourself and making sure that you're you're also being safe and making responsible decisions. Exactly. Like any other substance that you might use prescribed exactly. or otherwise, always use judgment and and Definitely, if you're starting for the first time, start small. Start really, really small. You're really, really anymore. small. Yeah, because <laughs> especially with edibles, because let me tell you, those things will get you. <laughs> yeah. So lastly, you are heading to a very well-known event uh, called South by Southwest. And I just thought maybe we could tell people a little bit about what you're going to be doing there. And um, yeah, if people want to are heading to that event, um, what to look for. Yes. So I imagine most people have heard of South by Southwest. Um, the, it's been going for a long time. Amazing, amazing two plus week long festival in Austin, Texas. Um, and they have music and, you know, all kinds of different sessions and things you can go to, but they also have a conference. And in the conference, there's many, many different tracks of education that you can, you know, go listen to <clears throat> speakers or panels or things like that. And this year is super exciting, not just for myself, but really, in my opinion, for the entire cannabis movement and the entire emerging cannabis industry as a whole in the United States, because South by Southwest has chosen to put a track that is specific to cannabis in their programming this year. It's called the Cannabis. Yeah. I'm so excited. It's called, it's called the Cannabis Track. And my understanding is that South by Southwest did a little bit of cannabis programming in their um, event last year and that it was received so well, the organizers of South by Southwest said, okay, let's ha add a whole track this year and see how it goes. So, so um, when I first spoke with them and they told me it was the cannabis track, I was like, well, I'd really like to talk about cannabis and parenting. And that's not a very businessy type of topic. And they said, oh, no, we think that will be great. And we really appreciate that you're willing to talk, with, talk about that. So I will be leading a meetup session at South by Southwest that's called Cannabis and Parenting, Lifting the Stigma. And it is a meetup. So it's a little bit different than, you know, a presentation or a panel or something like that. It, it is exactly what it's as it is. It's a meetup. So, you know, my hope is that anyone who is at South by Southwest at the time who is a parent and is even interested in cannabis or kind of curious even just a little bit will stop in at this meetup for, a, you know, however long they feel comfortable and meet myself and meet some other parents that are going to be there. And we're going to be talking about, you know, like, you know, I told you, we're, I'm going to be giving people resources of things they can go look back up when they get home. We're going to be talking about what the cannabis conversation looks like for industry professionals, what it looks like for medical patients, and what it looks like for, you know, cannabis consumers that are parents, all of those groups, and the sort of issues that continually come up for us as parents, you know, being associated 
associated with cannabis and how have we dealt with them and how does that look different, you know, for a medical patient as opposed to an industry professional and how does that look, you know, in the state of Oregon as compared, you know, to the state of like Missouri, you know, where they just legalize medical marijuana type of thing. Um, so I'm really excited about it and so grateful that South by Southwest is taking this chance and I feel like there's already been a ton of traction about the track um, just in the cannabis industry that I've noticed with, you know, my colleagues, my national network that I have in the industry and people seem really excited about it. So I see this as a huge opportunity, you know, to sort of but back down on that goal of, um, you know, really normalizing the cannabis conversation in this country. Yeah. Well, we are also really excited. Um, and we'll see you there. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. It really is. It's, it's such a cool event in general. Um, and to have a cannabis track is, it's very progressive of them and it needs to happen. So. Absolutely. I commend them on their efforts there. And they have done a really nice job, in my opinion, of making the programming very well-rounded. So you have people all the way from me talking about cannabis and parenting to people talking about tech and cannabis to people talking about, you know, more businessy things in cannabis and all kinds of things. So they've done a really nice job. So even if you're just a little can of curious, I would encourage you to, to peek in on the track. It is towards the end of the festival um, in general, and it's all up on their website now. If you want to look into it. Yeah. And if you can't make the show, don't worry because we will be covering the entire cannabis event. So there'll be all sorts of good info on our website. Um, so Leah, is there anything else you feel you'd like to add before we close? Um, no, not really. I mean, I just, I would, I really appreciate you having me on and allowing me to talk about something that I'm so passionate about. And you know, if you're listening and you're a parent, I would really encourage you to, you know, take what we're talking about here and think about it yourself and you go start the conversation. Because I also believe that it takes a many, many, many pieces to push this sort of big wheel forward that it hopefully will eventually end cannabis prohibition. And whether you, you know, are a part of a, you know, national media publication and, you know, a, or a campaign like I was, or whether you're simply talking to someone in your book club or your exercise class about cannabis that's skeptical. It all matters. Like it all matters, you know, in the big picture of things. So um, I, I commend anyone out there who's, whether you're starting a nonprofit or just sitting down around the table and talking to, you know, your friends about this. I think it's all equally important in the big picture of where we're at with this plant right now. Definitely. Well, thank you for your work in general and thank you for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on and I look forward to seeing you in Austin. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right. Have a good one.